Blessed greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tune-Up with Pastor Shirley Johnson. It has been an incredible week already, and it's only Tuesday. What I've learned over these past months is that Tuesday hits differently for me because it's the day that we come together and get tuned up, reinvigorated, and refreshed in our faith. Therefore, I am always delighted to have you tuning in with us. Today, we have an awesome lesson in store, and I know that you will be blessed. If you've been joining us over the past couple of months, then you know that we're wrapping up our summer series, Word, Worship, Warfare. In June, we tasted the rich word of God, gaining insightful understanding into the power of God's word to shift our situations and circumstances for victory. Then in July, we praised our way to victory as we embarked on the power of worship to destroy strongholds and position us for spiritual breakthrough. This month, we begin discussing warfare. Um, We've done this through examining several battles, some won and others lost due to a variety of reasons. King Saul technically won the battle against the Amalekites, but his disobedience lost him total favor with God, the honor to lead God's people and the throne. Last week, we witnessed the mighty hand of God showing up on Joshua's behalf because he readily realized his need for divine power and intervention at the Battle of Gibeon. Sometimes God performs a miracle, such as the one he performed at Gibeon. However, other times he uses his people, which we get a glimpse of at the Battle of Rephidim. During a time when we are encouraged to isolate and lock ourselves away, God shows us the power of togetherness and partnership. So let's pray and prepare to get tuned up in the Word of God together, and then we'll jump right into our lesson. Father, in the name of Jesus, We pray for your divine intervention in our lives and even in our mindsets as we go through these lessons, Lord. Shift the atmosphere and let us be receptive to your word. Let it fall on good ground in our hearts and let it transform our lives. We want to live lives that are pleasing in your sight. We want to enjoy the fullness of victory here on earth because we know that that's part of your plan. You said that you would above all that we prosper and be in health as our souls prosper. You said that Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And so, Lord, we want that to be our experience. Bless us as we go through this battle. Help us to understand not only the desire to have others around, but the need it is for us to grow stronger together in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the Israelites, they're no strangers to war. It has been a part of their existence from the early days of the Bible, and it continues even to modern day. Exodus 17, 8-9 reads, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand atop the hill with my staff of God in my hands. While many nations would rise against the children of Israel at one point or another, the Amalekites seemed to be a glutton for punishment. As we reflect on the 17th chapter of Exodus, we witness the Amalekites attacking and and rising up against the Israelites at Rephidim for no apparent reason. I characterize the Amalekites like the middle school bully, you know, the one who talked a good game but really couldn't fight and just hoped no one would call their bluff. While this would be the first battle that the Israelites would have against the Amalekites, they would endure a myriad of battles across hundreds of years against the singular enemy. But in the end, 
God gives them victory and completely annihilates the Amalekites. As we read on, we find that Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered him to do. And then Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill where they were have a better vantage point of the battle. After all, perspective is everything in a battle. And having an unhindered viewpoint of the battle is an exceptional strategy for maintaining and winning. It was from this viewpoint that Moses noticed a pattern in the battle. Exodus 17:11 states that as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. They had the winning edge, but Moses was getting weary. His arms were beginning to feel a bit like noodles. And then he would just kind of lower them just to rest them a little bit. However, every single time he did it, the Amalekites would press in hard and they would begin to advance over the Israelites. So in verse 12, we see an alliance or a coalition formed between Aaron and her to support Moses. It's imperative to have solid people in your corner who know how to support you in perilous times. The scripture says, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And then Aaron and her held up his hands, one on each side, one on the other, on, on the right side of him, one on the left side, so that his hands would remain steady all the way until sunset. When we walk out this life alone, we fail more often than we experience success because two walking together can be a major support for one another. Have you ever set a health goal, such as beginning a new gym regimen or, or walking regimen? It is more likely that you will stick to and meet your goal if you have a workout partner. After all, what is the likelihood that you'll both be too tired to go to the gym or that you'll both make the same mistake or excuses like, let's just go eat instead? Usually there's one who says, nah, we probably should go ahead and work out. No, let's go ahead and get the salad. And so you've always got that voice of reason when there's one or more people gathered with you together to walk out this life. When I examine the battle at Rephidim, I wonder what might have been had Aaron and her not been there to support Moses. What would the battle have resembled? What would have been the outcome if his arms just gave out and there was no support system? Or worse, an inadequate support system. You know the type of supporters I'm referring to. The one who is physically present, but not really for your success. Or how about the one who is only available when you don't need them? Or even the person who is physically there, supports you wholeheartedly, but whose faith is too weak to believe it to come to pass. All of these circumstances impede your success in the same manner as it would have for the children of Israel. In fact, if Aaron and her fit into these categories, then we might be reading a completely different account today. Thankfully, Moses was a leader who knew how to select strong men of valor, who understood the assignment and did not hesitate to be in the supporting role. Often people want to be the lead, to call the shots or be the boss, but they think it unimportant and insulting sometimes to be a support. This battle, the battle at Rephidim, is proof positive that the supporting cast is just as important as the main character. 
a concept we will review in more depth in September as we fly into our superheroes series. But for now, just think about it this way. Ultimately, the Lord gave the battle into the hands of his children. Verses 13 through 16 reads, So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. Isn't that beautiful? To think that the Lord is the banner over our lives. He's the He's the mantra of our lives. He's the song that makes our life worthwhile, worth living. He's the banner of our victory. He said because, and the reason Moses said that the Lord was his banner is because his hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation on behalf of the Israelites just because they dared to trust him. What enemy will he take out because you dare to trust him? What enemy will he take out for me when I dare to trust him? The battle of Rephidim is such a pivotal message for the believer. In fact, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 states, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We are stronger together. We are a force to be reckoned with together. When unified, we are unstoppable and the possibilities are limitless. In the book of Genesis, we learn about the Tower of Babel, where the people had begun building a tower with the goal in mind to see the face of God. They all had the same language. And they also all had the same purpose of heart. They were unified and in unity, they were limitless. Although this was not a good thing, Genesis eleven six 6 states that the Lord said, behold, the people is one. They're on one accord, they're on the same page and they have all one language. So they've got this common language where they're able to share ideas, no matter how wacky they were. And this, because of this, there will be nothing that will restrain them, which they have imagined to do. Having a strong godly support system, a unified goal in heart and mind, and the common language of God's word, you too will be unstoppable. The first step to being unstoppably victorious is to get to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Get to know him in an individual and an intimate way, not like hear about him from someone else. Perhaps we have someone listening today who does not know Jesus as your personal savior, but would like to give your life to him and truly feel the impact of his love extended on the cross for you. If this is you, then just repeat after me. Father, I know I am a sinner, but right now I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead and that through my confession, I am saved. And Jesus is my personal savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Teach me more about your love and how I can love others. In Jesus name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, please send us a message at 
TuesdayTuneUp1 at gmail.com. We would love to praise God with you and welcome you into the family of Christ. Be sure to get connected to a teaching church in your community where you can grow in the knowledge of God, be encouraged through Christian fellowship, and increase your faith. I praise God for you, and I am so excited about your amazing journey. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this powerful message. Thank you for the message of togetherness and unity. Thank you, Lord God, for just being such a strong tower for us always there, that banner before us, over us, leading us to victory after victory after victory. Bless us this week. And as we meditate on this message, let it resonate in our hearts and let it guide us in our decision-making. Bless us and keep us until we come again together. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a victoriously tuned up week and we'll see you next Tuesday.